Hi everyone, you're here with season two of Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here with my co-host, Liza and Casey. Hello everyone. And today we're super excited because we get to speak with Jody Kovitz. You all know her as the founder and CEO of Move the Dial and also the author of Go Out of Your Way. Um, we're very excited because we got to interview her last year, you may remember, and we also were able to attend the Move the Dial Summit in Toronto and interview three really amazing people while we were there. And so we're so grateful to get to speak to her again um, about all the changes that have happened and the new projects that she is leading. So thank you again, Jody, for being part of our podcast. Pleasure to be with you. So tell us, uh, what's changed since we last spoke? Well, a little global pandemic has happened since we last spoke. No, I mean, uh, listen, we had an incredibly tremendous 2019. We were so proud of the work that our team and our partners did to produce the 2019 Move the Dial Global Summit, which was attended by over 3,000 people in Toronto with speakers from all over the world. And just the, the feedback that it was a magical experience is something we're super proud of since I last talked to you. Um, and we actually hosted Masai Ujiri at uh, our special partners event in uh, the last part of the year, which was really a pleasure to learn from such an incredible leader who really has been a landmark, um, created a landmark moment for the city of Toronto on a global stage. And, you know, some of the things that he shared um, in that in that session around sort of vision and being able to sort of see where uh, opportunity exists, where that white space is, and, and how to think very critically about the right moves um, is some of the inspiration that I had in working through the decision that I had to, um, you know, face when uh, COVID-19 hit us. Mm-hmm, definitely. And I just want to say about the Move the Dial Summit, it was so well organized. I've been to, I can't, I can't even say how many conferences in Toronto and tech uh, conferences specifically. And it was so great to go to one where there was coffee everywhere food everywhere. Everything was just thought out, planned. There was so much seating. There were really cool talks. And I genuinely really loved that event. Thank you. I appreciate that. We certainly tried hard. Yeah, the you guys did a lot of hard work. It was great. Thank you. So one thing is that any, anytime somebody has uh, something to say about you, it's always something really great. Um, you do a really good job of building a good community. Um, kind of, what kind of advice can you give to anybody listening on how they can go about and do that themselves and build a really strong community? Thank you for asking. I think for us in building the community, a lot of the success lay in three different things. First, to to have a a vision and a very clear mission around what. We are what, why you're building the community. What is the purpose or the outcome that you're driving towards that is going to unite and, and inspire people to join you? So I think that that is number one. I do a lot of founder coaching and different founders that I coach, um, you know, and that's one of the things that I have the joy and time to do now in this, in this space of the pandemic. One of the things that I always say is don't try to boil the ocean and accomplish seven different missions. Really just have a very clear, singular focus. And so for Move the Dial, working to advance the leadership and participation of all women in tech 
I think was a very strong mission and mandate that many different kinds of people in different roles could relate to, were passionate about, were interested in, and could get behind. So that's part one. Part two is to make sure that the way you're convening people is a values-based approach. So we were very clear to articulate the values of the movement at the outset of building Move the Dial. And they were there were different values, um, but you know, really ensuring that we were a movement that was highly inclusive for all, you know, working to advance all women, not just people that looked like me. So white, cisgender, heterosexual, relatively quite privileged women, um, for example, able-bodied. You know, we had to we had to design based on that value and the, and and live the values. So what that meant is if we didn't know how to do that, which at the beginning of building Move the Dial, I most certainly didn't, we had to open our ears and listen and grow and work with experts in inclusive design and really build relationships with different community members to listen what to what different people's needs were and iterate and continue to improve as we got that feedback and learning and, and continued along our journey. If we were not a values-driven organization, building a community based on that value set, you know, we would probably wouldn't have approached that with such depth, sincerity, and commitment. So that is, you know, having a, but just as importantly, one of our values was my value of perfect is the enemy of good. If you try to get something perfect before you launch it, it'll never get done. So a huge part of why we were able to start and build and scale is because even though I'm actually a perfectionist and I struggle with that, and it's a real gremlin for me, I had to constantly remind myself and our team lived the value of ship it and then try it and fix it and iterate it. And, you know, perfect is, is better, uh, done is better than perfect. So that was, for, for example, just two of the values. Another was amaze and delight. When you talk about your experience at the summit, a lot of different folks would say it was just all the things from the food to the nursing room to you know, being highly accessible for people with disabilities and, you know, but also incredibly powerful speakers and major thought leaders and, you know, the type of food. And the reason that we manifested at that level of amaze and delight is because that's one one of our values. So it's like, if I'm going to have you come out and spend a day at a program I create, it's really important to me that that experience is going to amaze and delight you as a user and as a part of the community. So those are just three of the values as an example, but being values driven to express and build that community, I think differentiates communities that are successful from those that aren't. And the other thing, the third piece, which is, you know, I I think a really important part of building any kind of community is, is really listening deeply to what the community wants and needs. So for example, you know, in year three this year, we were really working on doing much more uh, t- uh, focused and segmented programming for different communities within the community. Because a lot of the feedback we got, for example, from technical women or women who tech, we used to call it, or women founders, was that they wanted more, a higher volume of programs that were specifically relevant to their specific needs. So that came through the art of listening and taking feedback even though we were really excited, for example, about our stories platform and it, it, it had incredible success and, and scaled globally and 
a massive, you know, following of engaged community members. At the same time, there were some members of the community that wanted other things. And, you know, specifically, we did for Black History Month, a very specific Black History Month stories event, for example, and we did a pride event. All of these specifically focused programs came out of deep listening. And those are just some examples. But anyone who's building a community, ask for feedback often and act on it. And what I love about that advice too, is it's not just applicable to communities. I would say that's for any product that you're building for any startup. If you're trying to, whatever you're trying to build, you need to iterate, you need to talk to users, you need to find out if you're actually solving the pain points and how you can be doing it better. Um, So I love that. It's really, that's really relevant advice, I think, to anyone tuning in. And so let's talk about your book that um, you announced recently. How was the process of authoring, writing a whole book (laughs) and uh, getting it published and everything like that? Thank you. You know what? The book was an incredible labor of love. Uh, This is a book that's been in my heart and soul for uh, a number of years. It, It used to take a bit of a different form when I first started working on it. The book title was actually going to be called um, One of the Chapters, which is called Just Say Hello. It is one of the chapters of the book. But uh, the book started as a book called Just Say Hello a number of years ago. And then, of course, as I iterated in my life and and shifted my focus, um, it became the book that it is, (laughs) Go Out of Your Way. And I think, you know, a lot of the genesis of it was really, I do, as you know, a lot of public speaking. and, And I love to share these messages around uh, generosity and about what it takes to move our own dial and and have agency in our lives because it's a principle that I live by, um, but as well the role of generosity in helping others and and how we actually have the opportunity to help individuals and and to change a landscape and a community uh, if we just pay it forward and and actively go out of our our way. So it it was a very natural sort of... um, message for me because a lot of it is how I've lived my life and a lot of um, the stories that I share in the book are examples of how I have benefited greatly from the generosity of many incredible leaders over the course of my life. And so the process was both extremely difficult and challenging at times to very joyful. I was very fortunate to have an incredible writing partner that I worked with because you know, um, getting the whole book out of my head and into um, uh, a format that could be consumed by most people um, is certainly, you know, it was certainly a, a very um, unique uh, experience. So I, I deeply valued the opportunity to work with Wendy Dennis, who is an incredible uh, writing partner and really pushed me and, and enabled me to get the ideas uh, out and into the world. So that was really uh, a wonderful experience. And we worked together for, you know, it takes thousands of hours to write a book. Like it's not, it's not a quick process. Um, And the editing of it and and I had a really special experience. I went up North for two days with my final edit. And I really took in not just the, 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 the draft of the book for the project of draft, you know, proofing the book, but I really did have a moment to celebrate, um, you know, my my pride in um, my team that really helped me uh, and supported me in being able to do that. But also I was feeling proud of myself that I, you know, was able to articulate my story in this format and to find the courage to show up in the arena. As Brene Brown would say, um, you know, I'll never forget the moment where I sent I sent the book to Sheryl Sandberg and I was shaking in my boots as I sent it, you know, as, as you would to send Sheryl Sandberg an email. 
And I was like, I, here's my book. And I don't know if you have time to read it, but I would love to share it with you. And, and, uh, you know, and then at three days later, I wrote her back to tell her, no, don't bother to read it. I'm too embarrassed. Like, I don't think it's good enough. And she, she wrote back that she'd already read it and she loved it and she would be happy to endorse it. So that was like a real special moment for me in my life. But it really is a story that demonstrates the power of believing in ourselves and that we all have a voice and have something worth sharing. And so I think if I could share anything with your listeners, it would be this. Certainly when I started writing my book, I didn't think that I, you know, would have anything that anybody would, would read a full, you know, book to, to say. Um, and we, we all doubt ourselves, even those of us that seem to present as very shiny on large stages in front of large audiences. And even I have my own imposter syndromes, you know, very, very dark moments and full of imposter syndrome and had it in this book. But then the feedback that I've received that's been flooding in now that the book has launched around, you know, this book changed my life and it, it's uplifted me and I feel inspired and empowered by these stories. You know, for me, it was worth overcoming that fear in order to change the life of even one person. Mm-hmm. I uh, congrats again on publishing that. And it's, I love that you're so honest about imposter syndrome and things like that. Cause we definitely all face it. And I'm curious about two things. One, how could people go out of their way for others right now in COVID where we're not, where we're kind of socially distancing ourselves. And the second is how did you choose Sheryl Sandberg as the person you wanted to send, like someone you look up to that you wanted to send your book to? And is that something you recommend for everyone who's publishing a book? Yeah. I mean, those are great questions. I think I'll answer the second question first. I, she's not the only person I sent it to, of course. You know, I, sent, I shared it with a couple of other people that I really admire, including Reshma Sajani, who, you know, founded Girls Who Code, who really, you know, demonstrated to me um, this incredible ethos of like, build it, plan it, go get it, like the ethos that's in the book. But I reached out to Cheryl because when she wrote Lean In, which was quite some time ago now, she was really, you know, an icon of how to move, you know, women forward. And I'm going to park you know, some people, everybody has their own view of, you know, all the different thought leadership around this or that, and, and people have their own views on mine. But at the, you know, for me, at the highest order, she demonstrated courage to put that out there. And she's, a you know, one of the most senior uh, women leaders in technology globally, uh, doing a role at a tech company, you know, that is not, that is, that is, it's very hard to, you know, uh, find anyone else that's got, you know, so much responsibility in such a male dominated world and who has lived, you know, enormous amounts of pain through the loss of her husband and created option B as, you know, with, through generosity of spirit. And so I deeply admire what she has contributed and what she has gone through and uh, the generosity of spirit that she demonstrates um, as well as when I look at, you know, leaders like Reshma or Claudette McGowan, who also wrote in my book, or Takara Small, who might be earlier in her career, but who's been fiercely courageous and who built her venture helping kids, you know, that can't otherwise get access to coding. So on the one hand, yes, is is it is it, you know, um, should people reach out to, um, you know, people to share your ideas and and get feedback? Of course, absolutely. Like that is I think always uh, something that's invaluable and very, very important to do uh, through the process. You know, I had tons of feedback through the process, but also, of course, at the end, you know, part of the book process is you hope to have a few people um, to endorse your book. 
both whom you respect, but also who, who can, you know, share the message in a positive way. Yeah, definitely. That's great. I think I forgot um, your first question. Yes, yeah, right. Oh, my first, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, there's never been a more important time to go out of our way than now. And I don't think we need to do that in person. I think we can, you know, reach out to individuals in our network to say, hello, check in, how are you doing? Small gestures make a big difference. So from my, from my perspective in respect of like my friends, um, just trying to, to stay in touch and check in and be proactive about asking for a a, a virtual coffee, a FaceTime, you know, uh, phone call while we're both out on our own walks, you know, but all the way to if I know somebody's struggling, maybe send them a little Uber Eats or like a little thoughtful card or just little tiny things can go a very long way in terms of helping uplift people's mental health. In terms of career, I would say don't stop mentoring. Even though we're all tired and busy and stressed, there's never been a more important time to show up for your your mentees and the people you sponsor. So last week, for example, I had a mentoring day where I you know, spoke to every single pe- person that I'm mentoring back to back. I like to do it all at once because then I'm in the mindset um, and, you know, tried to, to share some positivity that way and, and really, you know, spend the time to help and support right now because people need it more than ever. And if you don't have a mentor, don't be shy to reach out to people to say, hi, I'm, you know, Sue, would you be willing to have a virtual coffee with me to explore the possibility of mentoring me? I have this very specific you know, question, i.e. I'm working on a career transition and I'm struggling with what the right path is and I would really love appreciate 30 minutes of your time. And then you can meet the person and if it sort of becomes a natural flow, maybe it turns into a mentoring relationship. But I think, you know, if you don't have a mentor, try to get yourself some, but be realistic and about not asking for too much just on the first meeting because as a mentor person, I get quite turned off if somebody's like, will you be my mentor forever if I've never met them? It's It's not an authentic question. Um, you know, and I think also understand that if sometimes people say I can't do it right now, um, I'm at capacity. Like I personally, I'm already mentoring eight people, you know, actively all the time right now. That's like as many people at a time as I think I can give my best self to, for example. But, you know, it, you never, uh, you should always ask and, it, uh, you know, the worst that you can get from someone that you admire is a not, not right now. So yeah. I love that. That's great. Advice. Yeah, that's really amazing. So, Jody, can you tell me something about yourself that's not on your LinkedIn page? Ooh, that's really good. Yeah, I have a yoga mat in my bedroom, and I have a meditation pillow there. And I try to get on it every day, at least once a day, sometimes twice. I love Moto Yoga, which I've been practicing for years. It used to be Bikram. So right now I'm practicing Moto Yoga online and encourage people to check it out. Uh, I also, you know, I love to meditate with an app called Insight Timer, and I just started a new workout regime called The Class, and I've been preferring that to my Peloton. I love my Peloton, but I've been preferring that um, because I'm feeling it. It allows me to get out more of my feelings and emotions that are happening through COVID. It's a, it's a bit of a practice that's voice and movement and exercise, and, um, and I've really been feeling very lucky to have more time for myself to to exercise and just sort of meditate and reflect on my yoga mat that's in my bedroom and I'll also share that I am doing this phone call podcast recording sitting on my yoga mat in my bedroom because it's the only place that it it sounds good to record a podcast and I'm actually starting a podcast um very soon I have not announced that publicly yet and I sit on this uh, yoga mat to do my recordings as well 
I love that because we know how important it is to have that soft background. And so speaking of your podcast, I'm really excited by the topics in it. Can you talk more um, about what people can expect from it? Sure. Here's my soft launch of my upcoming podcast. Um, the podcast is called Joyful Sundays. And I've been sharing uh, Joyful Sundays on Instagram as a stories uh, feature for the last number of months. And I've seen some really incredible engagement. And the, the purpose of Joyful Sundays as a podcast is to explore how we are going to emerge as humans from COVID-19 as different people. And I think that it's a really interesting opportunity for those of us that live in a growth mindset to pause and, and think deeply about what we want to change as a result of the insights we've gained through this experience about who we are, about how we live in the world. And some of those things might be, you know, entire careers might want to change our value systems, but it also could be down to habits, daily habits. So I, for example, know I will not live without meditating anymore. And I don't want to live my life at the same pace that I did before because it wasn't sustainable. And those were insights, for example, that I had through this, this process. And so I'm going to be talking to um, really incredible thought leaders about their own experiences of a shift in perspective and their mindsets and some of their stories of resiliency through this uh, pandemic, but also that as we start to reemerge um, into the world, who they want to reemerge as. Mm -hmm. I think that's really exciting. And I'm, I'm always like uh, grateful for how genuine you are with everything. And it'll be really awesome to hear other leaders uh, speak to that about how COVID has impacted them and who they want to be um, after all said and done. Yes, thank you for asking. And, and people, if you're interested in reading my book, it's now actually live on Apple Books. You can go on and, and get a copy and download it um, on Apple Books, and it will be up on Amazon any day now in the next like literally 24 hours. So by the time this is out, uh, my book will be on amazon.com uh, for download, as well as you can order it through our Shopify store at movethedial.com if you are like me and like old hard copy books. <laughs> Definitely. And I'll link out to all those and also your podcast awesome. when that's live um, in our description as well. Amazing. Yes, that, that'll be coming soon. We're going to be launching it in a couple weeks. Yay. Alrighty. Well, thank you so, so much again for doing a second episode of follow up with us. It's always such a pleasure to speak with you. And um, yeah, just thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope you have a fantastic day and look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, it was amazing talking to you. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Floater Founder every week. We look forward to bringing you more content from more amazing people in our city. Until next time. <laughs>